Welcome to the Stockman Grass Farmer Podcast, where our mission is to help create a healthy planet and people through profitable grass-based livestock production. Grass farming is a 24-7 job and you can't always get away, so we've put together this podcast so that you can listen while you work or whatever you're doing, but always on your schedule, whenever and wherever you want. Be sure to check out the episode notes for links to freebies and special offers. Join our email family and stay up to date on our happenings and like us on social media. This is part three from Abram Bowerman's talk, Sheep, Corner the Prophet at Stockman Grass Farmers 2022 gathering at Polyface. Forage availability and labor are the biggest challenges limiting full-time shepherds. Abram shares how he overcame these obstacles to become a self-financed grazier by the age of 25. He grazes multi-species with sheep as the centerpiece. Be sure to check out the show notes to learn more. Happy grazing. So, yeah, so the question is, uh, do you need to uh, integrate new sheep into flocks slowly? Uh, because, you know, they, they, in case there's aggressors in there. Uh, in my case, I haven't, I feel like there's nothing more social, more friendly than sheep. They do have a pecking order. Um, but if someone doesn't want to fight, no one's going around aggressing on them. So we need to be aware of, of the health status of the flock. What if we can see a problem early, we can make an adjustment in how fast we're moving them and how many forbs, how much uh, medicine we're giving them out here on the landscape every day. If you've got sheep dying on the farm, you've got too many of that species on the farm. So uh, some of the best signs I think we could look for as far as like uh, good health would be a bright coat, hair or wool. Uh, I had a, I had a, no, I'll get that one when I get into the bad signs. The, the lips or gums should be a, a nice deep pink, not quite chapstick, cherry red, but they, they, they should have some color there. If they're getting kind of gray and white, this is especially obvious on a, a white-faced sheep, uh, you can be pretty sure they're, they're, uh, they're, they're anemic for some reason. It may, this time of year, it's very likely it's barber pole worms, but uh, it could be anything going on making them anemic and the the last thing that really will tell you more about how the year is going to go is in the spring when those lambs are born they should be bouncing and playing very playful within uh, let's say two days of birth and by the time they're 10 days old there should be lambs everywhere if, if they were uh, had access to this building and the pasture, the ewes would be out there grazing and the lambs would be down here running up and down on these block walls. If they're all kind of laying around or gimping along behind mom, you can be pretty sure you're going to have a rough summer. The bad signs would obviously be the reverse, a dull, dull faded coat. Uh, that's one reason I keep some black sheep around. They're, they're, that's the easiest place to pick up on it before you get your eyes get good at it. Uh, black coat will turn brown if the, the body isn't functioning properly. 
So like this past spring, I had uh, two black ewes, and the one kept her color all the way through the winter. She's a beautiful sheen of black, and the other one was an ugly, faded, washed-out brown color on the tips of the hair, a little blacker down by the skin. And uh, I, I put uh, the picture of the two of them on my newsletter, and I said both sheep are the same age, both sheep ha are the same color, they're on the same diet, they're in the same pasture, they should have the, they both should be pure black. I said that the hair coat will tell you a lot about what's happening inside of the sheep. Well, we started getting responses back wondering if all our sheep are black and why I want them to be all black. <laughs> so <laughs> they, they kind of missed the, the, the point there. Uh, most of my sheep are white, but a black coat is the most obvious place. And uh, so following that through this, the spring, both sheep had twins. The one that had the all-black coat is raising two healthy lambs. The one's white and the one's black. And the other one dropped two black babies. The one was born dead and only like two and a half pounds. The other one was born live that looked okay, but it died after 45 days. So the, the, the hair coat there kind of foretold what was coming. Uh, I think the hair coat is the, the most rapid indicator of the health status in the flock. If things haven't been good and they're improving, uh, they'll start to slick off around the eyes and under the throat and back along under the ears. And that goes for wool or hair. If they're open-faced, you'll see that the, the hair color on the face will change. It'll take on a brighter color. They'll start to drop out some hairs. And the, the dead hairs especially will leave. The eyes should be bright. Uh, develop kind of a benchmark for what's normal in the flock, ear carriage, uh, how much playful behavior. If things seem a little bit off, watch some more. Uh, if one gets sick, as a miner's canary, uh, if it, it may just be that animal needs cold, but when number two does, number three does, number four does, you can be pretty sure that the rest of the flock is going to suffer for something too if we don't change here. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, question is on uh, Pat Colby. She she uh, promoted copper as the ultimate. Uh, change in hair color. I've read her material. Uh, I, I believe any mineral element, if it's deficient enough, uh, will will leave you with a dull hair coat. Why Pat zeroed in on copper, I don't know. I've never met Pat. I never. I don't know what her context was. Uh, in my own experience, if we were putting dirty water through let's say it had a real high iron content that binds copper um, and we up the copper levels in the mineral we get no results if we take the excess copper out of the diet suddenly hair coats improve so in my experience our, our uh, worst problem in the mineral world is excess is probably more than deficiency we obviously need to have minerals in the diet but excesses cause deficiencies and I think Pat did uh, spell that out some there. 
So the question is uh, gums and lips versus eyelids uh, as far as looking for anemia. Uh, I kind of have a policy that if I have to catch an animal, she shouldn't stay on the farm. Uh, the, the, the sheep, I, I can't be putting them through the crowd all the time to catch them, and I can't catch them on most of them I can't catch on pasture. And the, the lips, I can see from six feet away, so if you get good at it, you'll start to recognize an anemic lip or gum. Uh, the other thing, is, if you've got a black-faced sheep, um, I've never come across this anywhere in any literature, but invariably, if they're anemic, and this goes for white face too, but it's not as necessary to see it, the, the upper lip will swell and puff out over the lower lip, looking like it has an overbite when they're anemic. And that's usually um, shortly before death. Uh, a lot of animals will recover from it. If, if let's say, it's barber pole worms and you figure out how to get rid of those, but it is a warning sign, and you better take it seriously if you see that the upper lips are beginning to swell up. What's causing it? I don't know. That's a, that's a question for a doctor or a vet, but I, I, it is an observation I've had, and, uh, and it holds true on any sheep. If they're anemic, when it gets bad enough, you'll, you'll see those upper lips getting puffy. So the, the question is on lambing, do we uh, self-wean or do we lamb on a set date? Ram lambs are viable and will reproduce at four months. And so if we're going to retain them as breeding bucks, they all get weaned at four months of age or less. I usually wean everything when I wean. If we're uh, castrating males, then we let the ewes self-wean them, and the ewe lambs, we always let them self-wean. They, they may nurse up to eight months, uh, not significantly after four months, though, and I've, I've never, never had any problem with it pulling the ewes down, and it, it takes a big stress load off that lamb. She's out there learning off of mom still. It's more of an emotional thing. They'll bed down as families. I've seen up to four generations bedded off by themselves. Um, it's actually kind of cute. You, you, you can kind of pair them up and sometimes these ewes are up to six years old and, and all of a sudden it's family day and they're, they're laying there with their mom who's now a great-great-grandmom. <laughs> So the question is, do we deal with coccidiosis uh, like around weaning time? Uh, I have had one outbreak of it. Again, it was one of those years where we had run out of Forbes in a pretty big kind of a way. Um, other than that, I didn't even know sheep got coccidiosis till that happened. <laughs> so how, how did we deal with that? Coccidiosis, uh, the only thing I found natural is effective was uh, garlic. Uh, we, we tried to crank a lot of garlic through them and it dried it up within two days. I had 
I had played around with a lot of different things, and and we finally slipped that in there, and and uh, it it fixed it right there. But it takes a lot of garlic, maybe like a teaspoon and a half per head. No, wait. Put it in an enticer that they'll eat. So the question is on weaning, do we separate ram lambs from ewe lambs? Yeah, where do you go with them? Uh, I would typically put my ram lambs out with my mature rams. Everyone feels more comfortable with uh, someone older around. Um, that's the way farming should be too. I, that's why I enjoyed working under these two older cattlemen. Um, they're, having multiple generations together is natural. I don't think we would find anywhere in nature where it's always this age group and this yeah, age group. The so across the year, how many groups would we have? Uh, I pull the, the rams go in with the ewes in December. They stay with them all winter. They're out there when they lamb. And around the 1st of July, uh, the ewes would be two months into lactation. I pull all the ram, mature rams out, and then first of September we wean all the ram lambs and put them with the mature rams. So then the rest of the year we'd have two groups. Okay. How much more you got? I'm getting down to the short rows. Okay. See, I still got a little bit of cropping in my background. <laughs> short rows. Yeah. Okay. Give you a couple more minutes. Okay. So. I'm gonna draw a little, draw a couple things here just to give you an idea on uh, some techniques. This is my preferred crowd design. It's uh, a one-man operation. If I can get help or need help, I usually integrate another one. Um, I may have a like a polywire catch pin out here or over here. And then the interior of the crow would look kind of like this. It gets smaller and smaller as you come around to this side, bigger and bigger as you come back around. Right up here, I've got a hinged gate, another hinged gate. Right here, I have a hinged gate. And right here, I have a panel that fits in here at an angle. It locks in behind the post. So what the, the flock is primarily in this bigger area. It's like 16 foot. This right here is about five and a half feet. We bring them around. We can put maybe 30, 40 head in here. And a few at a time, I bring them into this little pen and I'm in there with them. I'm, I'm not a fan of shoots. Uh, I'm in with the animal. I can see their hooves. I can see their udders. Uh, I can physically handle their mouths, look at their teeth. I can walk them around to see if they're sound. And if I want to hold something, I have two more gates right here and here. And I can sort them out this way or that. When I'm done, I open this gate. They go in here. As these deplete and this fills up, I take this gate and just move it around in increments. 
to give more room for the ones that are finished. Can you see that there? Yes, sir. That's permanent. This the exterior is uh, cattle panels, uh, so we never have. Once they're in there, they stay there. And the interior is hold panels with uh, steel tubing, so it's short enough that I can easily step over and move from pen to pen, group to group, to do what I need to do. And these right here are hoop gates. Uh, I'm cheap, so I move these from one crowd system to the next. I've only got the two of them. Uh, and they are also the same height, but I generally would open them and walk in versus climbing over. Draw some more Pictionary? Yeah, one more. Okay, there's the eraser. So the question is, how often do we run them through the corral? Uh, ideally, twice a year. Uh, that would be at weaning, and again, when we select ewe lambs. So our, our, uh, our fences, like I said, we use primarily these uh, blue tread ends. I borrowed this off of Kenco. They were kind to let me uh, bring it over here for the demo. I, I, I got it here mainly to adjust my heights. Uh, we'll have a post. We'll have a wire right here on number two and another one on number five. That's, that's the height of our wire. The sheep will stand right here. It's critical they don't want to jump over that. That's why they need to be trained. We see the wire, we stop. So as far as what, what I'm going to draw here, we'll have a post every about 30 feet. I'm getting this, this a little too big. So we have a post here and a post here, here, and here. And these poly wires are coming along like this. When I want to move them, I'll come down here to the end, unhook my reel, so now the poly wire is cold. And I'll come up and unclip the wire off these posts and move them to the top so it goes like that. And I'll come here and do that one, come across and back down, and the flock just goes right under. And then I put the wires back down. We don't open any gates. I can do that right out in the middle of the fence. And if, if we're in the middle of lambing season, we don't want to crowd the flock forward, give them a chance to move on their own as the babies want to come over with them, let's say they're you know under two days of age, then I'll go through and I'll raise all the wires to the top of these posts across the whole fence, even if it's 600 foot and then let the whole flock just kind of ease over on its own. And the next time I move, I'll come around behind and lower those wires back down where they were so they've got a back fence again. Good? Uh, yeah. 
So the question is whether I use any herding dogs. No, I, I don't. Uh, they're usually motivated to come. Uh, my boy, I'm not sure. Oh, there he is. He's getting old enough that he'll cut. Like I'm taking him down the road, I'll lead, and he'll come along behind and and make sure they're coming. But I would like to. I just I haven't been exposed to it, and I I, I know I'm gonna have to learn more than the dog would. I know it. <laughs> so I, I think there's four P's in production. I don't know if that sounds funny, but I, I think it needs to be spelled with four P's. Uh, they're they're uh, essential to making this happen, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're getting started, whether you're still going at it. The first one is planning. If we don't have a plan, we run in circles. The second one is performance. Uh, if, if we don't do something with our plan, it's no good to have it. The third one is passion. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're not going to perform very well. And the last one is profit. If we're going to be sustainable, there must be a profit in the business. I hope you enjoyed this presentation. Now check out the episode notes. And always remember to advise the cows and be outstanding in your field. See you next time.